0: Doctrine and Covenants, section 19, verses 18 through 19. Which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain, and to bleed at every pore, and to suffer both body and spirit, and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink? Nevertheless, glory be to the Father, and I partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men. So this scripture changed my life because I was constantly upset about how trauma never goes away. Like, I was trying so hard with all these prayers, affirmations, exercise, a diet and everything and just to find out that trauma never goes away. And that was just so disheartening to me. I felt so discouraged for years. And, I mean, I kept going through my process and so forth, but I was just so discouraged. Like, oh, it never goes away. Great. Just great. Just got super depressed about it. But, but the scripture changed my life because it helped me see that, you know, the Savior went through the worst trauma in the universe. The, the worst trauma ever. And the worst shame and the worst abuse. Everything. When he did that, uh, Garden of Gethsemane, that's what he's referencing. These, these verses. And... Uh, and he didn't want to do it because it hurts so bad but he didn't forget the trauma like he still remembers it but at the same time he sees it as a good thing because he says it right there glory be to the father i partook and finished my preparations until the children of men like he's like yes but i see it as a good thing because look at the way i glorified father after it look at the way all these people can be saved and live with father again including me and and i'm just like including you whoever's listening and so he sees it as a good thing and but he i mean he still experienced the pain though he's like oh that hurt you know so and this is what the spirit has taught me from the scripture is that trauma doesn't go away but the grief does if you properly grieve And then you will see the trauma as a good thing and so that's how you deal with trauma whether it's cptsd ptsd whatever type of trauma you have if you properly grieve through it god will heal you and then from there you'll see it as a good thing like for me i see it as a good thing because now i've been able to help other family members i've been able to help other people uh, help other people be free like i've tasted freedom by teaching them how to grieve and which is why I want to put this in a podcast so that way next time someone says how do I do it I could just give you a link and let you you know let me talk your ear off (laughs) so uh, okay so again that's the ultimate formula there you trauma doesn't go away but the grief does if you know how to properly grieve, and then you'll see trauma is a good thing and then that's when you start getting meaning to your pain and once you have meaning to your pain and your stuff it just makes it so much easier and then at the same at that point you're actually grateful you went through the pain because you are grateful that the grief is gone but now you have both worlds okay Uh, there's a great example of this with Adam and Eve right right here Moses 5 verse 11 And Eve his wife heard all these things and was glad saying were it not for our transgression we should have we never should have had seed and never should have known good and evil and the joy of our redemption and the eternal life which God giveth unto all the obedient so that's like a perfect example of like yeah it was a bad thing I mean it was a painful thing to be cast out of God's presence but she saw it as a good thing in the end because she was like, hey, but because of this, we got to experience good and evil, which we didn't know before, and we still got to experience redemption, and we still got to have eternal life with God, which we had in the first place. So we not only have eternal life of God, which we once had, but now we have eternal life with God, with all this experience. So it's like, it's better. So that's the way it is too with trauma. Like after you get more grief filled with trauma, you start seeing it as, oh, it's better to have it this way to go through the bad, so that way you know the bitter and that way you experience so much joy like it's the people who are hurt the most love the most, the people who have went through the worst traumatic events are the people who experience the most freedom, you know, so it's like. Yeah, it sucks that you're in this position when, you, when you're covered with trauma and with grief and pain and bitterness and all this stuff and years and years upon you as well from yourself and your abusers. But at the same time, you have so much opportunity to taste so much joy more than any other person. More than any other person who has not known these things. All right, now. Here's the biggest thing, though. When you start feeling an emotional flashback or just feelings, whatever it is, a lot of times you're going to start getting suicide ideation where you just start wishing you would die or you just hope you would die or God would take your life. Or you might find yourself praying and asking for God to take your life because of how bad the feelings are. Like just how horrible. Oh, it's just such a hypnotic, horrible feeling. I get it. And you just, your heart's being squeezed. You're on the ground. You're in agony. Just agony. Agony, so much agony, and then you're just like, ah, oh, it shouldn't ha-, you know, it's just so painful. And um it's at that point that you you're reaching the grief stage. You're just about to start hitting grief. But again, Satan doesn't want you to grieve, so a lot of times you're gonna be stuck with or or he's gonna try and make you stuck in that whole, you just wish you were die. Uh that's, you know, one of the last um a lot of the last line of defenses that your body uses as well Satan uses against you to present view from grieving. Because again, if you start grieving, God can start healing you and then Satan has less power over you and you'll still be stuck in your addictions and so forth. Right. So the thing when you get to this point, it's important to realize that if you push through the grief side, it really does hurt, and it's even more scarier than ever because you're finally allowing the feelings to pass through you and it's and it does suck and it's it's super painful and it's the most scary thing ever but after a couple times like um two or three times it's not that bad, but the first time yes it's like you really do feel like you're gonna die you feel like you're gonna be an eternal pit of hell if you start allowing yourself to grieve now grief is is comes now let me get to the point of describing grief versus um uh, you know despair and bitterness right so grief is when you're talking about the love that was failed to be given to you that you deserved and the love that you can't give that you wanted to give but you can no longer love and also accepting the way things happened right and if you start going over those things if you can either do that you know whether you're writing it down or doing it in a prayer uh you know and again you don't always have to cry some people don't have to cry with this it just depends on your brain and your personality thing but you know once you start going over this grief that's when you start getting some peace right it's uh, it's almost like you're seeing Heavenly Father in person well you are in a way because Heavenly Father's always with you but it's like you're going up to him in person and you're telling him what hurt how much it hurt um, you know why it hurt you know, and you know why it was so painful, why it was so horrible. And as you're just going over these details of how much bitterness, I mean, how much pain all this cost you. Heavenly Father is there to affirm you and hold you. Um, I know when I personally gone through my grief and I started going over, you know, the way things were so horrible, you know, like it was so horrible, you know, seeing my family torn apart, Heavenly Father, it was so horrible being so young and being so powerless to stop it because i wanted so bad to protect and love them and i couldn't love them the way i wanted to i couldn't protect them they wanted to father you know so that caused me all that grief and then heavenly father i felt i i honestly felt the spirit hug me during this prayer when i said these things to him i felt hugged by the spirit and and i realized that heavenly father he's gonna hug you and he's gonna affirm you as you share your grief with him and and um it's it's really a beautiful thing but yes it is still painful and it is scary but only the first few times and after that it's much easier now uh you'll know you're gonna the problem the reason why it's so important to know the difference between this grief and despair stuff is because the grief when you're focusing in on all those grief areas i was talking about you know why it hurt how much it hurt um you know what hurt and uh you know the love that was failed to be given that you deserved you know and the love you can't give and accepting the way things happened if you start going over those things um with god and you share those things with Him, again whether written verbal uh whatever you're doing uh, you're gonna it's short-lived it's always short-lived it's usually like 15 20 minutes usually 20 minutes tops some people i've heard going 30 minutes some people went four hours. This one person grieved four hours for not getting the dad that she deserved, you know, because her dad was sexually abusive and sexually abused her like crazy all the time for years. Uh, so it's but you really as it's a general rule, though, you want to stop around the 15 minute mark if you can. But I understand it's subjective and not everyone's going to stop around the 15 minute but whether it's 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or four hours, like it's going to be short lived. Like after that, it's like gone. You're healed. Like, I mean, yeah, you're not going to be healed overnight a lot of times. Cause this, this process is not a one night, one time overnight thing. It's going to be as you, you know, work on yourself and, it's going to hit you every so often you're going to be hit with these flashbacks or hit with more feelings and you just as long as you know how to grieve them and not fall into despair and and bitterness which is so easy to do you know it's always going to be short-lived and it it gets easier and easier though so uh so again the grief though is when you know you're going to be focused on the bitterness so why me why me? Why did this happen to me? Or what did I do to deserve this? You know, or you might be getting really bitter. Like now, I can't have my childhood, and you're so bitter that you can't have that childhood, and that you're tarnished. And then you start believing these lies that you're like, oh, now I'm forever doomed, or now I'll never be able to love anybody. Now I'll never be get any close to anyone. Now I'll always be alone. Like no, no, no. Those are lies, and that's despair. And yes, if you start feeling those pains, those are forever. Those never get better because it's not true. And as you're sinking in those feelings, those are feelings from Satan. Because Satan is full of bitterness. He is full of hatred. He is full of why wasn't I chosen? Why wasn't it me? You know, he's full of that he is full of that anger and bitterness and like, oh, and that resentment and just throwing that constant tantrum of wanting things to be different, wanting things to happen be differently where he was the chosen one, but he can't be. And that's what he's full of right now. So if you're over there and just just constant grief and despair, like, why should I have to do this? I shouldn't have to do this. You know, then no, man, that's, that's not good, okay? But again, I know it's so easy to do. It's so easy to get stuck there. It's so easy to be stuck in bitterness i know in my case i was stuck in bitterness as well because when i first started going through these flashbacks and i first started learning how to grieve i was pretty bitter and i was praying to god about how bitter i was and i was just like father i'm so bitter i had to go through that pain because it was really scary and painful and i was so mad about it and and then of course you know the savior puts i mean it puts in my thought god puts thoughts in my head like oh you know the savior went through way worse son, and I'm like, yeah, that's true, Savior went, went through way worse, but then I go, well, why did the Savior have to suffer so much, huh, why is there so much suffering, and I was so angry, and then I ended the prayer, and then I was going out for a run, and all of a sudden, the thoughts came to my head that said, why did you have to sin so much, <laughs> I felt so bad, because he's like, he's like, Mark, it, it cost me a lot of pain to, you know, for you to get cleansed of your sins, Mark, you didn't have to keep Going back to those horrible sins and, you know, sexual addictions and things like that. And you could have listened to me sooner and I could have healed you sooner, but you didn't. You just kept going on and on for years. And he's like, that cost me a lot of pain to pay that for you, son. And then I um, I felt really bad. And I said, OK, Father, I'm sorry. You're right. I shut up. And I promise ever since then, I've never been bitter about anything ever again of any pain or any more flashback I had to go through. Because I still remember that, hey, Savior went through way worse pain, and a lot of that way worse pain was because of me and my fullest actions, and I'm I'm not going to question it ever again. Alright, so... Again, Satan does not want you to grieve. He's going to pull on that flaxen cord when you start trying to grieve or share your feelings with Father. Or even before you even get to that point, again, he's going to focus on you should just die. You should just kill yourself or you just hope God takes your life because you're never going to get out of this. You're going to forever be lost. You're always abused. You're forever going to be, you know, this an unimportant person who never mattered it's like who's god's not going to listen to you you don't matter you know all those horrible lies that would be so easy for you to believe because you've been through so much abuse your whole life so you're just going to believe his lies even more but i promise you that that is satan flexing that flexing core trying to prevent you from the grief but when you start getting to the grief if you can get to that point and say father please heal me it hurt this is why it hurt and so forth and I can't I didn't get the love I deserved I didn't get the loving parents I deserved I didn't ever um, you know I can't love my parents anymore like I wanted to I can't love my family the way I want to But I really wanted to love them. I really wanted to protect them. And this also goes for yourself, too. Like, the love you failed to give to yourself. Like, I had to grieve. Like, the love I failed to give to myself. Or I kept chasing man-eaters. I kept being stuck in sexual addictions. And I kept hurting myself, putting myself down all the time. Uh, You know, I shouldn't have done that to myself. You know? Um, Yeah, it's it's, it's a really beautiful thing, though. Because... I have been experiencing God healing my grief and I have been experiencing love and joy. And love and joy can be uncomfortable if you've been through your whole life of always feeling depressed and down in despair and so much abuse from yourself or from others. It's very, very uncomfortable to be joyous and free and which I'll just have to go over that in the next episode. But I I just hope that you understand the difference between uh, grief and despair. Um, where grief is godliness despair is not but this reminds me i don't want to end this episode quite yet i want to end it with moses 7 uh, because in moses 7 god shows us a perfect example about how he processed grief okay because even though god is the greatest of all he still experiences sadness and sad feelings um, if you look at moses 7 verses 26 he goes and be, he beheld satan and he had a great chain in his hand and it veiled the whole earth with darkness. And he looked up and laughed. And his angels rejoiced. And then if you go down to 28. And it came to pass that God of the God of heaven looked upon the residue of the people. And he wept. And Enoch bore record of it saying, How is it that the heavens weep and shed forth their tears as the rain upon the mountains? Like if you see it right there, he wept. And when wept means... No heavy tears. It means waterfalls. It means you know you're just letting go and you're just crying like crazy. So even though God is the greatest of all, He wept. So even God has to cry and process His grief. And again, I understand not everyone's going to have to cry to process grief, but He still had to process His grief, and that's what He's doing. He's letting it go through Him. And what is He doing? And He'll He'll go over it. Um, in verses 32 where he tells him why he's crying about the way the people failed he says in verse 32 and the Lord said unto Enoch behold these thy brethren they are the workmanship of mine own hands and I gave unto them their knowledge in the day I created them and in the garden of Eden gave I unto man his agency and in verse 33 he says and unto thy brethren have I said and also given commandment they should that they should love one another and that they should choose me their father but behold they are without affection and their hate their own blood you know so like right there he's talking about the, the love that they failed to give him like he he said you they failed to love one another which is loving god they failed to listen to god which is also failing to love him they failed to um And god can't love them the way he wants to because he said look i gave them agency i gave them choice and they chose darkness over me so now god can't love them and he can't love them the way he wanted to which is another reason why he had to grieve about that and then if you see though he accepts the way things happen in verse um in verse 34 and he goes and the fire of my indignation indignation and the fire of mine in is kindled against them and my hot displeasure will I send the floods upon them for my fierce anger is kindled against them like he had to accept the fact that this is the way things happened and this is what must happen now in my hot displeasure like he doesn't want to do this he doesn't want to kill them but he's going to have to because this is what they chose right and again, he's accepting the way things are. He accepted the way things happened. And these are the consequences of it, where he's going to have to kill all these people because they have all chosen darkness over him and they all fail to love him. I, I really think this is a, the perfect model in Moses chapter 7 of how we process grief, of how that it's godly to process grief. And it is good to do, and which makes sense why the natural man and Satan are so against grieving.